Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Today's another AMA episode, that is Ask Me Anything. But first, if you're interested in learning more about some of the projects that I and my team are involved in, we'd be happy to share information on these upcoming projects. We have projects in new construction apartments, residential subdivisions, large-scale land development, and storage, just to name a few. This is not a solicitation for investment. Any future investment would be by prospectus only in compliance with SEC rules, and it's open only to accredited investors. For a definition of an accredited investor, please visit the Securities and Exchange Commission website. To learn more, send an email to info at vectorjm.com, and we'll provide you visibility of our upcoming projects. Again, send an email to info at vectorjm.com. Today's question comes from Evan, who writes, I have three rental properties and a primary residence that we would be looking to retain and rent. Like a lot of people, we're looking for a bigger house and a bigger yard out in a charming suburb. I don't really know how to think about it, though. It's much easier to crunch numbers on rental properties than it is on a primary residence. On the one hand, you have to live somewhere, and real estate can be a great asset class and store of wealth. On the other hand, it's a big expense and generally cash flow negative. How do you look at buying a primary residence? Is this crazy housing boom we're in now a good time to buy? Is it only going to get crazier? Well, Evan, this is a great question. Choosing how much to invest in a principal residence is more than just a monetary decision. It's a lifestyle decision that's influenced by factors like school district, proximity to other family members, features and amenities like, say, proximity to retail. It could be a waterfront component or maybe an amazing view, some hiking paths, perhaps a garden. All of these things play into your lifestyle design. My good friend Robert Helms of the Real Estate Guys radio show is famous for saying, live where you want to live and then invest where the numbers make sense. As real estate investors, we have the ability to determine our income at will. That's such an important point. I'm going to say it again. We have the ability to determine our income at will. I also agree with Robert Kiyosaki, who says that your house is not an asset. The way to make your house cash flow neutral, or like anything in your life, maybe a car or a boat, is to couple that financial liability to a financial asset. And the definition of an asset is something that puts money in your pocket. So let's say the house you want is going to cost you an extra two grand a month in operating expense. You might consider coupling that expense to the addition of a new 10 or 15 unit apartment building in your portfolio that will reliably generate the income to cover that expense. If you want that Porsche convertible, then what asset will you buy that will fund that luxury? My wife and I have owned several homes over the years, and we made those choices to suit our lifestyle at the time. When our family was young, we moved into a 2,300 square foot house with four bedrooms. And once we had teenagers, we moved into a 4,500 square foot house with six bedrooms. And once the kids were out of the house, we decided to sell and downsize. Now we're currently renting a townhouse while we build a smaller waterfront home. This home will have two offices, one for my wife and one for me. It'll have a solarium for my wife's plants. It'll have lots of south-facing windows overlooking the water and a balcony off the master bedroom also overlooking the water. These are all choices. Is this going to be our forever home? I don't know. I know that building it will cost less than buying an equivalent home or even a lesser home on the open market, but then construction's a core competence for us and we know how to value engineer the final product. See, being an investor doesn't mean depriving yourself. It means putting money to work to fund your lifestyle. My wife and I, we love to sail. We own a sailboat in France where we normally spend several months a year on board. Of course, unless there's a pandemic. It's a modest boat. It's not extravagant. Maybe someday we'll own a larger boat, but for today, it's something we feel that we can comfortably afford based on our income streams. Your investing career is about funding your goals. For some, 
That's merely funding retirement. That could be far off in the distant future. Some people want the Gulfstream jet. Maybe not this year, but maybe in three years. If funding that lifestyle choice were to be important, what assets would you need to own to fund that? Maybe you have a social cause that you want to contribute to on a regular basis. How about you go acquire another triplex to fund that expense? When you make the decision on what to buy for your family, base that decision on your family's needs and a plan for the income to fund that purchase. You might make a decision to customize your house to suit your taste. You could even put statues of lions on the front lawn if that's your taste. You probably hurt the resale value of the property if you do, but if it makes you happy, then do it. My personal choice is to keep the design and finishes relatively mainstream and marketable, but that's entirely up to you. Nobody says you have to. So live where you want to live, live how you want to live, and then invest where the numbers make sense to support those lifestyle choices. I want to thank you, Evan, for a fantastic question. And for listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.